Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm your host and coach, Lauren Malone, and I'm here to help you become the hero of your own story and learn to be a guide to others. Whether you're a life coach in any niche or you want to become one, or you're just listening in so you can self-coach to lead your own life well, this podcast is here to serve you. I'm super excited to walk with you into your calling and help you create a wonderful legacy for your life. So let's jump in to today's episode. Happy December. Oh my gosh, here we are. And my voice is starting to come back. I'm starting to feel a little less crazy from the sickness that has overtaken me for the past week. And I'm happy to be with you today. I am doing a series on the season of big days, right? The holidays. And I want to pull out some some of the, the topics that we are faced with in the holiday season, just as human beings, I want to talk to you the way I would talk to a client who was struggling with any of these topics during the holiday season, because clients tend to really, I don't know, it doesn't matter what they're going after. It doesn't matter what kind of results my clients want to get. I see that every one of them struggles during the holiday seasons with some of these different topics. And I thought, no, there's no better way than to just do podcast episodes on all of the things that I would walk my clients through if I see them struggling with any of these areas in any, you know, if I'm working with a client who's trying to build a business, it's the same things that come up as if I'm working with a client who wants to um, really find her purpose in life or a client who's working on a relationship or a client who wants to lose weight. It doesn't matter. The hindrances are all of the same things, regardless of the differences between the results we're, dr- we're trying to get. And one of the biggest things in this season is mental health and depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. They're huge for us in this season. And I would be remiss if I just ignored it and didn't say anything because even though for myself, my my December is quieter because I have, you know, I've got five kids and three in the house and I want to be able to give my family as much as my as much of myself during the holiday season as I can. There's, it's just a busier season for everybody in my household. So I don't take as many clients. I don't do as much work on the computer. I bring everything down into um, a quieter state. We do this in our ministry, our, our nonprofit as well. Everything kind of, you know, settles down and chills out because I don't want to be overwhelmed. I don't want my family to be overwhelmed. I don't want to fall into depression, anxiety, or struggle with my thought life in this time because that's what this season can so easily do is just take all of the things that are going on in our normal everyday life and snowball it. And why would I want that if I'm aware of it? (laughs) Sorry, it's still coughing. (laughs) 
and pray that you are healthy <laughs> and that you uh, don't have this, whatever this crazy was. Um, so I want to give you a couple of uh, a ways to overcome and to, to really take up your sword and fight this battle between um, health and joy and peace and that it like it's so in the face of depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. And it's harder to it's harder to hold on to those things in this season when I you know it is also I think just a season of expectation. And that's really painful because if you've heard before on the podcast or have been a client, I will say expectations equal disappointment. It's different than expectancy. Expectancy is I believe and hope for goodness to come from this, whatever this is. Expectation is it must be this way. It should turn out like this. And this is what I want it to be. And that is, you know, such a problem for us because we just don't get to control that stuff, right? So... I want to show you some things that you can control, and they are all about you. They're not about your external circumstances. It's not changing the people. It's not changing the place you live. It's not changing your job. It's taking responsibility for you and your your personal, natural, and um, soul life, and want the very first piece of that is something called 5-HTP. You can find this in stores. You can find it online. It's actually a precursor to serotonin, um, which is made in the brain and in the gut. And serotonin is it's responsible for your sleep and your temperature, your mood, your memory, your learning and appetite, and even like wound healing. <laughs> so you have to own your health storyline and actually take action on it. So in addition to eating well and getting exercise and sleeping and making sure you get vitamins and minerals, stress and health conditions and medications you've even taken in the past all throw your system out of whack and mess with your metabolism. So 5-HTP is actually something can that, that can really help you physically take ownership of your health. It's kind of that it's like the halfway molecule between the amino acid tryptophan and like that's the you know hey have some turkey fall asleep thing and the halfway molecule between tryptophan and serotonin. So it actually when it's balanced you can have a better mood and better sleep and even um, it can help decrease your cravings for sugar, which is obviously helpful at this time of year. So it's really helpful for SAD, seasonal affective disorder. And that's a, you know, your mood can really change. Carb cravings are pretty intense during if you have seasonal affective disorder. But I will say, make sure that if you do take it, first check with a doctor and do all your research um, but also 
use caution if you're taking any kind of prescription antidepressants. So in addition to 5-HTP, which I recommend taking at nighttime, that's how I take it. And, you know, backstory is I found myself, uh, I had been living in Hawaii for three years because of our ministry work. And that sounds beautiful to everybody, but I was depressed for three years. And when we moved to Nashville after that, my friend who's a nurse, I was just telling her about my life one day, and she said, I would say that if you were to ask somebody, if you were to go see somebody, they would probably tell you you're clinically depressed. And I was like, oh, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> she said, I said, what? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be depressed, but I also don't want to get on any medication right now. Like, what can I do? And she suggested 5-HTP to me because it's safe, it's natural, and she said it's a precursor to serotonin, so it can help you kind of get your head above the water. And so that's actually been my go-to. My kids take it and you know, during different seasons and um, seasons of life, and we take it at nighttime because it can actually help with sleep. And yeah, it's been a really, it's been a lifesaver in a lot of ways for me and also adding vitamin D and vitamin B. I take vitamin B drops in the morning under my tongue and that just helps me have a natural energy and a vitamin B, like every vitamin B supplement, but also vitamin D, like at least 5,000 IU a day is really great, especially in the winter months because and like on top of that, go outside and get some sun in your eyes, like 20 minutes of sun in your eyes as often as possible. If the sun is out, just go stand outside. <laughs> so this is all really helpful. And on top of it, there's something called the vagus nerve in your body. Okay. And in the brain, the vagus nerve helps control anxiety and depression and the gut it re increases stomach acidity and like all the good stuff that needs to be happening for kind of the flow in your gut and the heart. It controls your heart rate and blood pressure and the activation of your vagus nerve will lower the risk for heart disease, stroke. It's so good in, in the, liver, the liver and pancreas and the gallbladder, like they're all affected by the activation of your vagus nerve. And when it's not working right, it causes brain frog, brain, brain frog. <laughs> I think I've said that before. <laughs> Sorry, brain fog. And digestive disorders, um, imbalances neurologically, and lots of other things, right? So you can, you can research this a little bit more, but I'm going to tell you some ways to actually stimulate the vagus nerve. It's V-A-G-U-S. First, just go massage your own feet or your neck or the carotid sinus, which is the right side of your throat, or like where you would check your pulse, okay? Just massage those areas. And don't, um, if you're like me and you get like, oh, dang it, I would just wish somebody else was here to rub my feet if I just had somebody else to rub my neck. <laughs> just stop it, put that down, and say like, I'm going to do something good for myself. I'm going to rub my own feet. I'm going to rub my own neck, get a massager, 
like thing that goes around your neck or something. Massage the carotid sinus on the side of your throat, on the right side of your throat. And that actually stimulates the vagus nerve. Okay. This is good for you. Do it every day. Why not? Also singing at the top of your lungs. So go get in the car and build out some, you know, silent night. (laughs) If you're good at that, those notes. Or go build out some um, some Lauren Daigle Christmas, Johnny Swim Christmas, Adele, uh, you know, Bing Crosby. Who do you need? Some some Aretha. Like go build out some tunes at the top of your lungs, and that actually stimulates the vagus nerve. Also, cold anything. Jump in the pool and jump out. Take a cold shower. Splash cold water on your face. Whatever you have to do, it actually stimulates the vagus nerve. It's just good for you. Or you can just, if it's not appropriate to do any of those things right now in public, go run cold water over your forearms if you can't do anything else. Deep breathing or box breathing, which is take a big deep breath in, like a slow big deep breath for four counts. Hold it for four counts. Breathe out for four counts. Hold it for four counts. Breathe in for four counts, hold it for four counts, like a box, right? Breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four, and repeat. That's box breathing, and that is really good to stimulate the vagus nerve. So prayer and meditation are um, essential and really, really good for you, and fasting is helpful to stimulate the vagus nerve too. And you can look into something called intermittent fasting, which is really good for your body and helps to eliminate eliminate free radicals in your body. It's good for um, so many different things. And basically I do that just by, I don't eat after eight most days of the week and I don't eat until 12. And that gives my body uh, 16 hours of fasting now I have my coffee with a um, some a kind of creamer <laughs> that doesn't break my fast, but it um, helps in so many different ways, and it actually you have more energy because of it. And my favorite one is laughing, like literally make yourself belly laugh, make yourself laugh as often as you can, and so just like right now, just stop. And laugh with me. (laughs) Tighten your core muscles, right? And just go after a big old laugh. And and think about how you feel. Put a smile on your face and laugh alone for no reason. I encourage you, I challenge you to do it every single day at least through this season of big days in the holidays, okay? Try it again. (laughs) And just keep doing it, okay? Look at how easy that is. There's nothing funny going on. And I was able to, like, produce that. So I know you can too. (laughs) Think about me making a ridiculous laughter. (laughs) All right. Now, the next thing I want to tell you is self-advocacy. Say what you need to say. Give yourself permission to give boundaries 
and and do things that are good for you in this season. Lay aside again and again all of the, the things that you think you need to be doing and all of the people you need to be pleasing right now. Find ways to lay that aside. I understand we can't just do nothing, but I am encouraging you to to put boundaries around it. Even look at your month, look at your week and your day and say, where is there space and time for me? Get yourself a flow, a rhythm, or even a very detailed detailed schedule. What is it you need to do to take care of yourself? You are your own best self-advocate. And if you're not doing it for yourself, nobody else is going to stand up and do it for you because they're barely able to do it for themselves. So here I am coaching you to go be an advocate for you and take care of yourself. Let everybody else take care of themselves and begin to self-govern and lead themselves well. You can't lead them anyway internally. You can't change what's going on and the decisions they're making and the thoughts that they're thinking. So take care of you and you'll show up better. And lastly, this is a big one, and this one I want to talk to you about um, regarding depression, anxiety, and overwhelm, stress, all of the things that lead to depression and anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. We have to talk about these things in our in our world today. They're massive, and. I am a survivor of a teenage suicide attempt, and I've also dealt with many people in my life who've struggled with thoughts of trying to attempt um, suicide over the, de- over the years. And this is one thing that I know. Nobody says, I'm going to take my life because I want to die. It's generally, um, that's not what the thought process is. The thought is, I simply don't know how to keep living this way. I don't want to live like this. Whatever this is in their perspective. It's not, I want to die. It's, I don't want to live like this. And that's, this is the key. And I thank Jesus so often for keeping me alive all those years ago because I can look back now and see how untrue everything I believed back then was. And I was, I was so young and I, I was believing that my life wasn't worth anything to anybody else and that others would be better off without me. And it made it true to myself because it, it was so deep and it was such a belief. It wasn't just one thought. It was a belief that had been confirmed to me because that's what I was believing So I was finding confirmation for everything I was thinking because you will always find confirmation for whatever you think, one way or another. It doesn't matter what you think. Every thought, every belief system will find confirmation of it. So just because you find confirmation to yourself and you believe that, you know, my life isn't worth living or I will always be this way, there's nothing I can do, Um, Others would be better off without me. Uh, Nothing is ever going to change. I'll show them. I'll, I'll make them suffer without me. It doesn't matter what you think. 
you will find, because you're looking for it, you'll find confirmation of those things be feeling true. It doesn't mean they're truth, but it will feel real. And But at the same time, if you think something opposite that, you will likewise find confirmation for that. So I want you to know that there is no shame in have, struggling with depression, anxiety, any type of mental health issue, or even having suicidal thoughts. Do not let shame win or take you over or suppress it and hide it so that you don't deal with it. Because the enemy loves to play with secrets in the dark. And that's where he does his best work. So get it out and take care of it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what to do to actually do that. So, you know, I can look back and say, okay, I was believing all of those lies. And even though I thought it was all true, it wasn't true to anybody else. There's no way that anybody else's life would have been better if I had succeeded in my attempt. So it doesn't matter whether I was choosing to see what other people believed or not. It re- regardless of the voices in my head telling me to give up, the truth was I was going to do more harm than good if I, if I actually succeeded. I ended up in the hospital for two months. And all I did is because they put me in a hospital with a bunch of other people who had tried, I ended up learning better ways to succeed next time. And all I can say is thank Jesus for his hand on my life that I was able to get through the next several years and becoming a better self-advocate for myself. So if you ever experience thoughts that point to ending your life in any way, here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to consider who is one person that's safe for you, even if they're a world away. And I want you to call them. I want you to reach out and actually say something like, hey, even if it's been a long time since we've talked, um, I know this might sound a little heavy, but I'm really struggling with thoughts in my mind about life just not being um, great or worth living the way it is right now. And I'm struggling with this or that, depression, anxiety, um, suicidal thoughts, and I need to just say it out loud. I don't want to agree with it. I don't feel a threat right now, but I need to tell somebody that these thoughts are coming at me. And while I'm not expecting you to fix me or change anything, I need to get it out of my head so I'm not so alone in it. You could call a local church or your own if you don't, you know, if you have one. Reach out to any friend or family member who's a believer and mature and you believe will keep your confidence, not gossip about it, obviously. Make a phone call, send a text asking for prayer, do some research even, you know, look at like what does the Bible say about overcoming these things? You know, the the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, which in the United States is simply 988, okay? Remember that, not just for you, but for other people, 988, it'll be in the show notes. It's not just for people who are really at the very last moment of that point of taking their lives. It's for people like you and me who hear thoughts that want to take us that direction. If there was more 
easily accessed information about people who like real people talking about their issues and their their mental health and their stories it would help all of us because we all have times of painful hardship internally that is a struggle like like real physical pain that just threatens to overtake us and it seems like it would just be better to not have it right but the biggest thing to know is that you are not defined by the thoughts that come at you. I want you to consider the thoughts that are coming at you to be like feathers floating through the air, okay? Some are light and fluffy and comfortable and sweet and they when they land on you, but some are dark and heavy and some even have like barbed ends on them or like daggers or arrows, right? But they float near you, sometimes they land, And sometimes they stick, but you're the one with the power to remove them and resist them and change them. You're the one who can decide not to let a feather land or not to keep it. You can peel it off and place it at the foot of the cross. You can blow on it and send it on its way down the breeze. You can take scissors and cut it up so it's not ever going to float your way again. So... If a dark feather of a thought is floating near you saying life isn't worth it right now or they would be better off without you, nothing will ever change, you can't do this, you're not going to get through it, you have to actually capture that feather. Capture the thought and put it up against the word of God. Put it up against the truth of what actually the people around you actually believe and think about you and your life and need you in their lives, right? You have to take the thought captive and actually assess it. And that means you have to confine it and challenge it. And then when you see it's not true, you hand it over to Jesus to deal with. And here's the thing. Sometimes we want to keep those dark feathers. We want to hold on to the thought because we're comfortable with the idea of pain and suffering and helplessness. And we're interested in the gloom and the misery for a little while. Well, I get that. And I also know that maybe we want to hold on to it for a little while, but we don't want forever. So maybe we want to hold on to the angry feather for a little bit longer or the pity feather for another week or the shame and sadness feathers for like a whole nother round of self-sabotage because at our core, we believe we deserve them. So again, I want to remind you, these are choices you can make and you can change. If you've been holding on to these feathers for a long time and they've infiltrated your belief system, you know what? You can decide to do something different. You can simply change your mind and go a different way. And God designed your brain to be able to do that. That's why repentance is possible. You are wired for change, even if you're not aware of it. And if you'll look for a new feather, a new thought, you will find one. Pray and ask God to show you or go make a phone call Lay aside the pride and ask somebody to actually give you a hopeful thought to think on. Go read the word. Find an inspiring quote or a book to meditate on and go through and actually give time to focusing on the kinds of thoughts you're thinking. In this season of big days where emotions run high, I want you to remember that you can choose to think differently, which makes all the difference in what you feel because your thoughts are producing feelings that you either want to pursue or avoid. So you have to put on the helmet of salvation and begin thinking thoughts that are true and pure and actually develop 
and create feelings of joy and peace and love from the place of truth. This is the power that you have. It's not supernatural as much as it is simply possible. And overcoming depression and anxiety, mental health issues of any kind, and suicidal thoughts take, it takes active decision making. This means that daily and sometimes hourly or more often, you have to decide, I will not take my life. I am choosing to overcome. I'm victorious over depression. I'm not going to be trapped in anxiety. And you take measures to do exactly this. You make a committed decision that you want to let go of pain and shame and stress and grief and everything, and and you want to live. Write out what it is you have to live for, what you have going for you, the strengths and the joys and the people in your life. List it and keep it in front of you and put it in like your notes app and then take a screenshot of it on your phone and set it as your wallpaper. So you have to take action today to do things to bring you life. Staying stuck harming yourself, isolating, spending in cycles of stress are all things that you have to take off the table. Decide they aren't even options anymore. It's just not what you do and find other ways to handle what's in front of you. Decide that what you do do is you pray and you reach out to friends and family and professional help and you take care of your soul and your body and you set your thoughts on things above so you can find truth in your day. Make a list of things that you can personally do that help you to find peace and joy. And when you find yourself struggling, do one of the things on this list. If it's not working, try something different. Don't give up. Just remember, you've got grit and you're able to persevere. I promise. And you need to remind yourself of this. And also identify the triggers of depression and anxiety and overwhelm and any type of suicidal thoughts. List them out and be aware of them. Let your significant others even know about them. Like ask them for help when they see you kind of like spiraling down a road or, ooh, you know what? That was a really stressful day and I already know that she's struggling with maybe she has seasonal affective disorder and blah, 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 whatever it is. Maybe it's just, hey, this is a really hard season for her. I'm going to make dinner, right? Let other people know. Because awareness for you and others is your ally, and you deserve to have allies in this battle, but nobody can read your mind. It's really yours to do by verbalizing what you need, and I'm hoping that I'm giving you some tools here to and, and help reduce the amount of shame you feel around these topics, because there are things that affect every one of us, regardless of how much it's talked about or what other people think about it. And you might never hear anybody around you saying that these are normal uh, things to deal with because the enemy wants to keep it all wrapped up in shame and pride so it stays a secret since that's where he loves to work. But decide not to allow that any longer. You have all authority over his wily little schemes in the name of Jesus. So choose the feathers that are connected to his God's wings of refuge. Those are the feathers you want to let settle on you. And if you feel so far away from there, reach out and ask somebody to help draw you near. We all need guidance from time to time, right? So here's some scriptures for you to think about. Psalm 91, 4. First of all, just read Psalm 91 every day. But verse 4 says, He'll cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. 
Deuteronomy 32.11, like an eagle that stirs up its nest that hovers over its young, he spreads his wings and caught them. He carried them on his pinions. Psalm 17.8, keep me as the apple of of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 36.7, how precious is your loving kindness, O God, and the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. And Psalm 61.4 says, let me dwell in your tent forever and make, take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Selah. And Psalm 63.7, for you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. At the top of my lungs, in my car, I sing for joy. In the, in the shadow of your wings, Lord. <laughs> so to recap, when you're struggling with depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts, or even any thoughts or situations where overwhelm, stress, physical pain, loneliness, etc., arise, I want you to set in place a plan to help you overcome and then set aside shame and pride and tend to yourself. Be an advocate for you and your health Your life is your responsibility and it's a gift. Nobody is better off with you in a place of despair and absolutely nobody is better off with you gone. So first, identify what triggers your thoughts of depression, anxiety, and or suicide. Second, discover what your personal coping strategies are, as in what kind of actions can you take to help yourself? And third, identify the safe people around you that you can reach out to and then ways that you can put yourself into social and personal settings that bring you life and protect you. And fourth, identify where you can turn to for help, like as in 988, the suicide and crisis lifeline, or churches or other organizations, places you could call, people you could go, places you can go. And also think about what is the trigger point that means you do need to call them. Like at what point when you, when you think what thought, when you take what action, when you feel what feeling, does it mean like, is that the point where you go, wow, I need to call, I need to get professional help. And lastly, how can you actually create an atmosphere around yourself that doesn't allow these, any action taking when you are struggling with the depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts, removing anything that needs to not be around you, and what can you add to the atmosphere that's helpful to your soul and your heart during this season of big days, because the holidays are very difficult for so many of us, and it's something that it needs to just be okay for you to admit that. You don't have to shout out to the world, but be aware of it yourself and invite the right people into this journey with you. You don't need to be alone. There are people, and if you have thoughts that tell you nobody else can handle this, nobody else should know about it, um, nobody else can help you, I want to tell you that that is a lie, and I want you to think a new thought. Decide to believe me. People want to help you. People love you. People can do something to help you overcome. You have allies out there and don't believe the lies, the thoughts, the dark feathers that want to land on you and tell you to isolate and suppress 
and hide. Do not believe them. They are lies. And all you have to do is say like, I don't want to believe that lie anymore. I want to believe that people could help. I'm going to go test it. Test God and see what he will do. Like actually pray and ask him to help you. Send the right person. Reach out to somebody that you believe is a safe person or simply do what I said. Like there is no shame in just dialing 988 and saying, I need to talk to somebody right now. I'm not at the precipice. I don't have to be at the precipice to make this phone call. I can actually just say I need to talk to somebody right now who is trained to support me right here in the middle of what I'm thinking. And put yourself in the car and make the make the phone call quietly and separate. You can do this. There are ways out of where you feel stuck. I promise. Jesus is your hope and you are able to persevere you are able to get through this he is with you and there is help and remember go get some sun in your eyes fake a belly laugh until you mean it and remember all things are possible and you are protected by the wings of the lord almighty all right bless you friends Hey, thanks for listening. And I would love it if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast and tell me what you're loving about it. It helps other people who are looking for transformation and change and growth in their lives find me. And if you want to learn about becoming a coach with any of your superpowers, head over to sterlingandstonementoring.com and check out the greenhouse course. See you there.